Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. You are looking at the 36 Chambers of Crypto Tax podcast series where we talk about all things blockchain, crypto, taxes, whatever floats your boat. And what I like to do, I like to bring people within my network that just know way more than me. Um, natural people, great people to talk to. And today we have two of the founders of a company named Greenfire Inc. They do stuff that I can't do. So that's a wonderful thing. So we all going to learn from each other. And this, we're going to do a two-part series, right? So this is going to be the first part series. And I just want to have real talk with them. So we're just going to naturally just talk about all things crypto and why their companies are important and why you know, black people, green people, Asian people, whatever people need to really take this seriously. And we hope that y'all learn from them. And also I like to spotlight them because I think they're going to do big things in the future. And I want y'all to say, you know what? Crypto J was the first one to introduce them when they become too big and they don't want to talk to the small guys. I got to them first. All right, guys. So listen, thank you, Nicole and Corey. Corey today is going to be the voice. Now, if this is the podcast, you're not going to understand why I'm calling the voice. However, he's the only one of the three people that we cannot see his face today. But if you're on YouTube, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So Corey's going to be the voice. He's one of the founders. But luckily, we have Nicole and she's showing herself and we're going to put some faces to the company. So guys, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Jamal. Um, so I'll start off. My name is Nicole. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at Greenfire. Um, and uh, a little bit about me. Well, uh, Corey and I met each other in middle school, believe it or not. And so um, we've always been cool and, and grew up in the same neighborhood and everything. And so um, he had come up with this idea for several different types of um, services um, that were based off of um, technology. And so this one um, is about cryptocurrency and all of the buzz around it. Um, he thought of this really great and creative idea to create this wallet. And so um, he and I uh, reconnected and um, he knew I had some uh, experience working in business. And so um, we got together and, and developed the collab. Um, we also have a third member of our crew. Um, she was unable to join today. Her name is Uzma. So we give her a big props and shout outs. She's our CTO, our chief technology officer. And so, um, yeah, we've just been working on this project for a couple mm -hmm. of years now, about three. And so um, we just have a really great, uh, creative, diverse group. Um, we're really excited about what we're doing in the crypto space, um, being people of color, women in the industry, and um, behind our leaders and CEO, Corey. So Corey, you want to do a quick intro? Yes. Um, Jamal, thank you very much for having us. Really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so <clears throat> my background is in IT. I've been in cryptocurrency since about 20... 10, 2011, bought my first Bitcoin in 2012. Um, essentially, you know, um, after, after doing that and just understanding the technology, it really forced me to learn how to talk to it, talk to people about it and really simplify and really break it down. Um, and then afterwards, you know, my friends and I were doing a lot of trading and they came up with this really nice elaborate spreadsheet independently of each other they even know each other and 
they were like, well, we, we came up with this spreadsheet to track our trades. And I was like, that's really cool, but I'm not going to do it. There has to be an automated way to track your cryptocurrency trades, your gains and losses. And that is what sent me down a rabbit hole of developing um, the cryptocurrency wallet that we've developed thus far. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> you know what? What I learned from both your intros is that I need better childhood friends. Um, maybe I need to revisit what I did in my life. And also, um, that's that's wonderful. Um, it's wonderful that you knew each other and then you say, you know what? Ah, let me bring in someone that I know. Because in business, I feel like in general, it's just it's just hard to trust new people and stuff like that. So if you had somebody from back in the days that you learned that wouldn't steal your lunch money, if they didn't steal your lunch money back then, maybe they might not do it now. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so shout out to y'all for doing that. And But also, yeah, you mentioned wallets. I'm like so confused about wallets, cold wallets, hot wallets, hot pocket wallets. I don't know, man. Like, why should we care about wallets? Like, they keep on talking about wallets. Why should we care about it? Sorry. So, why we care? <clears throat> so the reason why reason why we should care about wallets is that um, you know, typically, I guess if we're talking from the black perspective, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, we you know, we've all heard about people having shoebox or shoebox stashes or grandma having money in between the mattress and it was always, you know, it was kind of folklorish, but then it was all it was also about or also touched on our distrust of the banking system and or and or our lack of access to the banking system. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the past century or so, you know, there's several events that have touched on the black community where the banking system has failed us at the very least or at the very most has robbed us. And so it instilled that idea that we need to keep control, of, not only keep control of our money, but literally sleep over our money because leaving it with an institution can put it at risk. And we don't have that kind of access and we don't have that safety net or the, the financial bandwidth to, uh, to absorb a hit like that where you can't access your money and so in the context of cryptocurrency having a wallet is akin to having money in your shoebox or in between the mattress where you are the sole cust custodian of your money and you control how it's spent or used or whatever um and so yeah, so that's what uh that's what a wallet is and why it's important because you're controlling, you have um, sole control of it, of your wealth. Let me ask value. you a question because I was I was watching stuff like on Netflix. It was just a show on Netflix. I think this guy was Canadian and he like I think he either faked his death or supposedly died and people just mm -hmm. lost their money. So if they had it in their individual wallets, you know what? Forget that. There was a company just earlier this this month that went bankrupt right or something like that celsius yeah yeah so mm -hmm. where am i able to have my wallet if i had a wallet would i be okay in that situation or it wouldn't have helped definitely so if you had a wallet in that in those situations whether it was uh, with quadriga or whether it's celsius um you would be 
100% safe. And the reason why is you have you would have possession of your private keys. Mm. Um, without your private keys, you do not own your cryptocurrency. So anytime you leave your cryptocurrency on an exchange or in these quasi-loan services, um, like Celsius, for instance, and funny enough, I actually met the guy in, um, a couple of years ago. I met him a couple of times. Um, you don't like him no event. more. Um, <laughs> no, no, he, he's... He's okay. Um, he was a good guy. Uh, I don't. I don't see him as a bad person now. Okay. Um, things happen. The funny. The funny enough, I was watching something this week, not, kind of to go off on a tangent, and someone said that all this stuff that has happened in the cryptocurrency industry, it's not new, in the sense that banks. These stuff happened in banks, just as much. But you. You know. It's been a while since this stuff has happened, mm. right? But banks have been flying very close to the sun as well <laughs> in, uh, in decades past. But um, to go back to your question, yes, if you had your private keys where you controlled your cryptocurrency in your cryptocurrency wallet, um, events like um, the freezing of withdrawals from exchanges like Quadriga or um, Mt. Gox or Celsius, um, it would not affect you mm. because you would have removed it. And especially within our communities, since we, we do follow social media a lot, like, like a CNN and, um, and all this stuff. I feel like now that the media <clears throat> is just looking sensationalizing crypto, it's like it's either failing or it's going through the moon. And it's two things. It's Bitcoin or whatever Eon, Eon Musk thinks is good. And that's the only two. Anything in, the, in between that, it's just like doom and gloom and they don't care. So it's just guys, you know, and this is why I tell a lot of people, sometimes you just got to do your own research and you got to also talk to people that's just not trying to sell you something, right? Because they're going to sell you on the idea. And if you don't know the basics, they're going to get you, especially, you know, even though I'm on social media, even though these people on social media, you just got to be aware of, um, because as a tax accountant, people be just coming up with some wild ideas to me or what they heard. And then you can't tell them nothing. It's like, damn, you know, it's crazy. So the new thing is like the NFT, NFTs, right? Do you need a wallet for that? Or yes. how does that go? Yes. Yeah. For a freaking so, image. Well, it's not just the, so that's the that's the main misconception about yeah that's a that's a major misconception about okay. nfts is that it's just an image um mm. so it's like how do i put it so nft the image part of nfts is just the most obvious use case okay so like for instance the blockchain the most obvious use case for it was value transfer so transferring value from one wallet or one person to another wallet or another person. And so in the case of NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, mm -hmm. the idea behind the non-fungible token is that you're, you're, you're making unique assets on a blockchain that are distinguishable from one another. So an NFT the obvious use, the obvious or the first case used or the first case is images, but it could be audio, it could be documents, 
it could be, you know, um, license keys. It could be IP. It could be anything. It's mm. just that it's unique and it's verifiable and it's, uh, and it's trackable, you know? Yeah. So we, so in the context of art, right. Mm. Um, in the real, in the art world, in the physical world, artists have never or rarely do they ever benefit from the secondary market, right? So even though there's provenance, which is the tracking of how art is bought and sold on the open market, the original, the artist rarely partakes in the sales afterwards. So mm. once they sell it, so if they sell, if someone, you know, paints you, you know, a painting, you know, however big it is, six by six, right? And they sell it to you for 10,000 and then you, you know, they go do something crazy and they get notoriety and then you decide to sell it for a million dollars and they, and you sell it for a million dollars, that artist will most likely just never see the, the value or the profit or the royalty from that sale royalties was is really constrained to like music and even that that's a whole nother ballpark but in the context of nfts artists have now been able to profit or to capitalize on the secondary market of their art which was never really done before and even before the blockchain or before the the NFTs, right? You would see art floating around the internet like anything, right? You know, you could download wallpapers, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. The artist never saw anything from that. You know, people would just copy and paste the art like nothing. I mean, yeah. anyone could download a, you know, yeah. wallpaper packs, you know, of a hundred or thousand different um, wallpapers and they would see nothing from it. But in the context of NFTs, now artists are finally gaining the notoriety and also being able to profit off of their digital art. That that was never really done before. I'm I'm glad you explained it that way because when I look at it, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep it real. I'm like, why is this ugly stuff getting all this money? Like. My my foyer could have did that. Why is this getting so much money? And why does somebody want to keep it digitally? But now that you're explaining that tone, um, because I I do be taking wallpapers, put put it on my on my phone, my computer. I don't care about the artist family. I guess I've, now I feel bad after you said that. <laughs> but um, now I kind of get why that makes sense. Because I was lost, man. Because I'm like, why is this picture of whatever I'm looking at is selling for 50k and people trying to sell it on the blockchain? But I think, I guess that's the issue of us just looking at social media. We got to look at the bigger picture the bigger and um, picture. the media doesn't really talk about the bigger picture. They just say like, okay, this crazy looking piece of art, which I don't understand is getting a hundred K and is on a blockchain. But that was a good way of explaining it. I mean, that still doesn't mean that the art isn't ugly, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> to each his own, obviously. But I think we've all participated in some way or form, like with back in the day, like, you know, kind of stealing. You know, we had Napster and things like that. We would download oh, music, day. take all those CDs kind of. So yeah, I had like a thousand so songs. Yeah, <laughs> I had mad songs, um, now that I think about it. And 
you know, um, so just to Corey's point about the NFTs um, and it being more than just an image um, and, and looking ahead at, like he said, documents. Could you imagine, you know, the deed to your home or like, um, you know, we have a lot of intellectual property within green, Greenery, our tool, um, being able to track that digitally, um, who has it, who has ownership of it. And just to Corey's point, putting that into a wallet that's yours. Um, that's not any place else, but in your wallet in a safe stored location. Um, that's, that's where this really takes a different spin and is really valuable. So listen, guys, this was a great conversation. Um, but I think part two is going to be, I'm, 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 I'm hyped for part two because we're going to hit on some cultural um stuff uh so i want y'all before we leave get a little information about your company how they can find you real quick and then we're gonna get ready for the second part so who want to say it Corey, you want to take that yeah sure so our website is www.greenfire.io and yeah all of Yep. Yeah, you can log into the website and put in your information and we can keep you in touch with us and keep you in the loop on when we have new products coming out and what we have new um, coming out with social media and where we're going to be found. So that'll be a great place to start. Yeah, great conversation. I like how you broke it down. And um, like I said, nobody can see my shirt because my video sucks, but I got my blockchain for the people shirt on. So <laughs> next, next conversation is going to be very spirited um trying to get people on board and stay tuned people all right thank you